Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Either you are with us, or you are with the terrorists. If you've got health care already, then you can keep your plan if you are satisfied with it. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. Together, we will make America great again. We shall never surrender. Never surrender. It's what you've been waiting for all day. Buck Sexton with America Now. Join the conversation. Call Buck toll-free at 844-900-BUCK. That's 844-900-2825. The future of talk radio. Buck Sexton. That was uh, the president. Hey, Buck Sexton here with you now from Las Vegas. Very much uh, enjoying my time out here. Uh, the Freedom Hut is mobile, my friends, because the Freedom Hut is really... A state of mind. It's it's all of us and wherever we are. Um, but uh, there was the president speaking about uh, Tom Price and how he was gonna he was gonna think he was gonna give a little thought. You know, he was gonna spend some time thinking about whether the uh, health and human services head could keep his job after it came out that he had, you know, been using. The taxpayers to uh, fund his private travel to the tune of a million dollar price tag over the last year. Well, it turns out that we don't have to wait for a decision from the president. Um, we know that Tom Price, this is the breaking news on this uh, this Friday, Tom Price is out as HHS secretary. So perhaps deciding to... Uh, Avoid the embarrassment of an actual firing. You have a a senior administration official here who is going to be finding other work. Mnuchin uh, and also Scott Pruitt, the EPA administrator, and uh, Ryan Zinke, the interior secretary, they also have all had now the the eye of Sauron, which is the Democrat media's – uh, character destruction machinery. Uh, they've all had that on them and their travel at this point. I mean, I'm seeing right before I come on air, you know, CNN is running, uh, Zinke spent $15,000 on a chartered flight. And I, I just want to say, uh, okay, that's there's small potatoes and then there's microscopic potatoes. And Zinke, $15,000 using a private jet like one time is for what he says was a, a work-related purpose. I'm just not getting all all fired up about that one way or the other. Plus, I, I like Zinke. He's a good man. Uh, Price is out. And look, he, he made a mistake here, but I've got a bunch of different thoughts on this. And this comes in advance of the other topics we're going to be talking about on the show, which includes uh, the very politicized – uh, Dr. Seuss librarian situation, uh, a librarian who doesn't doesn't want books from Melania that are doc- – because Dr. Seuss is racist, if you didn't know. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, we'll also get into the latest on U.S. diplomats that have been uh, suffering from these really terrible symptoms in, in Cuba. And there's an update on that news story for you. Uh, and, yeah, 
Plus, we'll do Team Buck Speaks at the end of the show. Maybe we'll get into some action movie quotes. It's Friday. I'm in Vegas. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a good mood. So we can do pretty much whatever you want on the show. Uh, oh, that reminds me. 844-900-BUCK. 844-900-2825. Let's take lots of calls. Let's chat. Let's hang out. That's, that's my plan for this show. Plus some deep dives on things. It's National Coffee Day. Maybe I'll give you an off-the-cuff history of coffee, which is more interesting than maybe it sounds at first. Uh, how many of you even know where the term mocha comes from, for example? You've probably ordered mochas many times. Do you know what the derivation of mocha is? Where does the original coffee come from? I think these are fascinating things. So we will try to get into some of that. Why is it that you drink you know, Sumatran blend? Who was the first one to get coffee out of, out of the Sumatra? Oh, we'll go there. We'll go there later, though, probably third hour. Back to the big news story of the day. That was a show sidebar, a roadmap sidebar. Big story of the day is HHS secretary resigns. So I've got a bunch of things on this. And I wonder what you think, too. First thing is that I am, in general, as somebody who lived in D.C. and also now lives in New York City and has been exposed to many of the seemingly imperial excesses of our elected officials and the way that they like to travel. I don't like this. I don't like the imperial trappings of the presidency, but I can deal with it because the president, the guys, the commander in chief, he's seeing the, uh, the brief every day and he's got a lot, a lot going on. And I, I get, I get that, right. It's a, a huge symbol for the country and, and very important. Okay. But, these other cabinet officials all seem to think that they are the kings of their own little, or maybe lords would be more appropriate, lords of their own little fiefdoms, federal fiefdoms. And they like to take advantage of some of the perks of office, even when it looks unseemly. And I am in general opposed to this. I don't like it. Whenever there would be a motorcade in D.C. and I knew that the president was out of town, I wanted to be like, well, who's this clown? You know, what's this all about? You get all the police and shutting down streets and people can't drive and all this. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Heads of state in other countries, in like European countries that are are uh, you know allies of ours and that have serious economies and real militaries, some of the, sometimes they'll fly commercial domestically. I mean. We have been sold on this notion of, you know, every, our former presidents have huge Secret Service details. Our current president travels with uh, like a battalion, basically. I mean, a huge uh, force uh, wherever he or she, well, it's been a he so far. What happened? Hasn't been a she yet, but it could be a she someday. Uh, but where, wherever he goes, and I, 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 like I said, I'll put the presidency out of this for the moment. Because I think that there, it is a fair case to make that it's different. But all these other folks who are cabinet secretaries, they're, they're just not that important. And I don't like the sense of distance that comes uh, with a lot of their offices from the people who are supposed to be the ones that they are serving. They are public servants. They are not our overlords. They're not a class apart from the rest of us, although they – think they are in many cases, and they certainly act that way. And so the optics of this are bad. The optics of lower level government officials than the president and the vice president 
uh, taking private jets looks bad. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this is a drop in the budgetary bucket, and it's really a drop in the ocean. I mean, this is – people are saying, oh, my gosh, Tom Price, a million dollars. Yeah, uh, we have a government that's spending trillions of dollars a year. I mean, a million dollars on a flight. You know, you know, a million dollars at the Pentagon will get you, like, five screwdrivers and a toilet seat. So let's not pretend that this is about the actual dollars and cents as a function as a function of government spending, right? We're not. Come on. That's just nonsense talk. It's about how it looks. It's about the way that it appears to the American people, and it doesn't look good. And let's not pretend that it, it – well, we're not pretending. It doesn't look good. So there's that. It's not a big deal in terms of the money, as I was saying. The money is not – although price agreeing to pay back fifty grand of a million dollars, how many of us would take that deal in any other circumstance, right? It's like, well, um, I would like the government to pay for my Maserati, but I will reimburse them $20,000 instead of the $150,000 that it actually costs. That didn't look good either. Uh, But this is all about the perception. This is not about the money itself, the spending. Remember, just earlier this week, I was telling you about Menendez. And his trial, Senator Menendez from New Jersey, which is still, I think, one of the most interesting news stories out there. And it's getting scant coverage. Huge political implications, really lurid uh, story just in terms of the details and the girlfriends and the yachts and the private jets and all that stuff, right? Government official abusing power for his his, uh, international babe squad. Well, his friends international babe squad. You'd think that this could get a lot more attention, but uh, they don't really care much about that. You haven't seen many Democrats who are willing to come out and even say that they sh- they think that Menendez should resign if, in fact, he is found guilty. I don't think that they're necessarily going to try to remove him from office. I think they're going to try to run the clock out if he's found guilty, which will be a- which will be astounding. And they'll say, "Oh, but Trump, you know, he's so look at Trump." As the, that's the excuse for anything that they want to do now. Oh, look at Trump. He's so bad. Uh, so I was talking about Menendez, and I forget why I was telling you about Menendez now. Back to – okay, so we've gone over – it doesn't look good. I don't like the imperial trappings of, you know, the the HHS secretary or the uh, Treasury secretary. I mean, Mnuchin, like this flight that he took out to – what was it? Fort Knox on a, on a private – first of all, Mnuchin's super rich. If I were super rich, which I am unfortunately super not rich, if I were super rich, the notion that I would be even operating in a gray area with while my few years max. I mean, there's the Trump administration. How long do these people think they're really going to have these jobs? Let's be real. Four years max. More like these days it looks like, you know, if you make it to the 18-month mark as a Trump cabinet official, other than uh, Mattis – who is the most well-regarded and I think most secure uh, in terms of his employment cabinet secretary or cabinet-level official. Uh, But for all the rest of them, you're not going to be around all that long, right? So just serve your country. Don't try to get the little extra perks out of it. Don't try to squeeze the last drop out of the lemon. Just, you know, be smart. This is just dumb. This is just dumb. 
And it gives them, I mean, MSNBC is going wall-to-wall with this. CNN is going wall-to-wall with this. A lot, of, a lot of people are. The only two stories that I can see that they're really interested in covering on the left-wing networks are uh, Puerto Rico, insofar as it's an opportunity to criticize Trump. I don't think that these networks, you know, the, the people that are going on TV who are anchors, who are all of a sudden so, you know, they're, they're, they're much more concerned, it seems right now, about the situation in Puerto Rico now that they have constructed a narrative of how Trump isn't doing enough than they were initially. The escalation seems to be suspicious to me. Uh, but they're covering that, and they're covering the Tom Price thing. They're not talking about Menendez, which I think is a much better, just a much more interesting story. Um, so there's that. And then you get into the, what does this tell us about the Trump administration part of things? And here's what I'll say on that. Um the Trump administration is very much, in terms of who can get away with what, it operates like a family. There are some people who are in the family. There are some people who are not, literally in the family or figuratively, um, and there are others who are not. So Ivanka and Jared, for example, as they are family members and senior administration officials, which I do think that is problematic, but... Okay, I've already I've told you that many times before. I don't think that I don't think that's a good look for the country, but they're allowed to do it. So it's it's not unethical. I just think it is not a not a fantastic decision. Um, But they can get away with doing things and they know that Trump will have their back no matter what. There are other people in the administration, I think, that could err and know that Trump will have their back. Um, Tom Price is not in that category. I will tell you that I thought Jeff Sessions may have been in that category, but I have now realized that that is not correct. Uh, but it's an administration where there are different rules for different uh, different people in it. No question that that's, that's true. Uh, and it reminds me of uh, True Lies, which this will also be a good transition to action movie quote Friday. In True Lies, you'll remember Charlton Heston, who plays the – boss of what is kind of the equivalent of like, you know, special military operations and the CIA and, you know, all everything else together and the true lies, you know, it's make-believe stuff. Uh, but Charlton Heston is like the guy who runs it. And at one point he cuts off one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's analysts and he's like, what makes you think the slack that I cut him translates to you? And that's the way this administration operates. There's Jared and Ivanka Slack, and then there's like, and I'm probably not thinking of you know one or two other folks. I think General Kelly is also in that category, whereas you know he's going to be able to do what he wants. And uh, I think Mattis is in that category. Although those are two guys of impe- impeccable integrity. Um, and then there's other people that the Slack does not translate to them. And Tom Price found this out the hard way. Wait, before we go with the music tie, I know I'm on I'm on a, a bit of a rant here. Can we do Action Movie Quote Friday, please? 844-900-BUCK. 844-900-2825. You think you got an Action Movie Quote? You think you can bring it to the Action Movie Quote Master? Let's see what you got. We'll be right back. Welcome back, team. The Buck is here with you. And uh, you can see a lot of puns, some real groan-inducing puns out there because of Price having to resign. You will see headlines now about how there's been a price cut or that 
the Trump, administra- Trump administration goes priceless. These are all on Twitter right now. I'm just picking them off and ran. Um, you also have Tom Price abused the public trust. Looks like he paid the price. Uh, you're, so many of these, you know, the price is wrong. Uh, endless, endless amounts of people having fun with this. Uh, price had too much baggage uh, overhead. Every American is united in saying that Price's private jet blew it. Whew, wow. Okay. Um, you, get the, you get the picture. And there's some, there's some are pointing out that uh, Panetta took a lot of Pricey jet, but he was Secretary of Defense. A little different for some. For the SecDef, I think there's actual uh, precedent for the Secretary of Defense. But, you know, he was flying home to California every weekend. That's unnecessary for Panetta. Uh, he was allowed to do it, but I think it was – I think that was a little abusive personally. Um, but he did it. He would fly home every weekend. Think about that, a private jet to take you home every weekend. You know, these, that's where it feels imperial. That's where these government officials, I think, are are crossing the lines. Um, all right, we've got Robert on the line. What's going on, Robert? Hey, how are you, Buck? Uh, listen, uh, I think you're uh, terrific. You're uh, thoughtful analysis. You're the most intelligent uh, – political talk person on radio or TV, and I really respect you. You're very kind, sir. Thank you. Hey, I want to, uh, one of the unusual times I really disagree with you. I think that I do not want to be on a commercial flight with a cabinet member. Reason being is they are targets for Antifa, terrorists, and who knows who. I believe it's perfectly fine for them to travel on the government dime in charter flights, because if they're on my flight, they put me and every other passenger at risk, not because of them, but because they are a target. Wouldn't Antifa like to do something? Wouldn't other terrorist organizations like to take out a cabinet member? So I think uh, I think uh, I respectfully disagree with you. I think that. Well, then, uh, so would you? Would you want? Would, would you want every cabinet secretary? Uh, and Robert, I, I just I want to take your. Your point of view here, uh, as seriously, you know, with seriousness and respect. So, would, would you want every cabinet secretary then to fly private always and everywhere? Uh, absolutely. For for personal really, trips, they should be. Able that, to that would be very expensive. Well, you know, as you point out, compared to the military budget, it's nothing. Hmm. Um, but I think for the safety of the public that might be traveling with them. They, they are a target. Uh, you know, in this day and age, a congressman is a target. Uh, with Scalise and uh, the other congressmen, they were targeted. I don't know why some terrorists... I don't, I don't, know, if the, I don't know if the terrorists really know who the HHS secretary is, so to speak, you know, uh, but but maybe. Um, and, and I hear you, and it's a valid point of view, Robert, and I appreciate you calling in, and I thank you for your kind words. Uh, 844-900-BUCK-TEAM on those lines. Uh, back with you in a few. All right, team. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here in the Freedom Hut, Las Vegas edition. Very much uh, having fun down here. Like it in Vegas, uh, Nevada, lovely state. Uh, let's take, we've got a lot of lines lit. Let's take some calls a Friday. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the NFL coming up here and also, are Dr. Seuss books racist? I, I think the answer is clearly no, but someone thinks they are. And this is now a national news story. So we will get there. And also... I think we'll dig into what's uh, going on with the response to the uh, hurricane that devastated Puerto Rico. I can see that there is a real effort underway 
to make it seem like Trump and the federal government right now are are indifferent to the suffering in Puerto Rico. And that someone is not telling the truth because you've got Trump, you've got FEMA, you've got a, a lot of officials who are talking about the efforts that are underway and giving numbers and how many personnel and Trump did waive the Jones Act, as I said he should, I should note earlier this week. He did do it. So the Jones Act has been waived. They're they're doing everything that it seems to me, I should say. I don't know, I'm not there, but based on the reporting, they're doing a lot to try and help Puerto Rico. And yet there are some in the news media and there are some uh who seem very devoted to creating a perception that Trump doesn't care about Puerto Rico. So which is well which side is telling the truth cuz someone's lying someone is deliberately misleading the public um i think it's worth our time to look into that a bit but first um action movie quotes and then we'll talk maybe some nfl i've got kind of my my uh, wrap up thoughts for the week on how this whole nfl thing went with trump and all the rest of it uh we have oh my lots of calls here uh felix Calling in from uh, where are you, Felix? Are you in Pennsylvania? I'm not getting locations today on my screen for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, Pen- Pennsylvania. Hey, it's I Felix from gonna, Pennsylvania. I, there we go. What's going on, man? I thought, I thought she was going to put down my stage name, Wild Bill Pocono. Oh, okay. So, what's on your I mind? Do, I do, I, I do a trick shooting performance. But anyway, I had an action movie quote for you, and I hope I don't get in trouble for it. Um. Okay. Well, no cursing or profanity or anything oh, like no, that. No. You know that. No, okay. Because no, no. we'll just it, dump it, that. It, so you're it, wasting. It, okay. It, go it, ahead. It will, it will be a beep. Um, if, I wanted, if I wanted you to talk, I would put my hand so far up your bleep so that I would work your mouth like a puppet. No idea. The other guys, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Farrell. That's not an action movie. That's like a comedy. Yeah, it is. It's That's a comedy. A comedy. Get comedy, Felix. It's not Weak Sauce Friday, man. Come on. That's not an action movie. Hey, you know what? I, I I came across something interesting as far as conspiracy theories go. Oh gosh, here we go. Well, no, everybody, uh, everybody, okay, settle in, team, settle in. Here we go, Felix. Let's hear it. What do you All got? Right. All right. Well, you know they're, they're talking about the uh, EMPs, right, and the coronal mass ejections. I, I had the former so, CIA director on this week talking about EMPs. Okay. Well, the EMP thing, from what I could see, I mean that's a real thing. But they had always talked about coronal mass ejections. So I went to look up a thing last night called the Carrington event which happened, was allegedly happened in 1859. And that's where there was a, a coronal mass ejection that took out the coins. Well, I came across this guy on YouTube. His name is Harry Murphy. You might really want to look him up. And he said that the Carrington event is a hoax. And he went back through Encyclopedia Britannica's going back decades, even I think into the early 1900s. And he was able to find Carrington listed as an astronomer, and he had his own observatory, and there was never a reference to the Carrington event. Same thing okay, so this is, a lot, this is a lot of detail. You're telling me that you think that some of the EMP history is false, that EMP is not really a big deal? Oh, no, 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 the, the, EMP is, the EMP is a real thing, but this, this uh, thing with the coronal mass ejection, the Carrington event, which has been used as, you know, as kind of uh, alleged proof of the CMEs, the dangers of the CMEs, for some reason, that, that seems to be a hoax. This guy, and he came across a few other things that he found interesting. He said somebody uh, that he knows was doing some community service, and they were throwing out books, you know, encyclopedias and old books. He said in perfectly good shape from one of the bigger uh, famous institutions. I forgot the name of it. But uh, he said the Carrington event doesn't show up in any literature until after, like, 2010. 
Okay, I'll take a look, Felix, but shield time, man. Have a good weekend and watch an action movie. So next time you actually have an action movie, quote for me. Thank you, sir. Um, Rod, calling in from Rod, where are you calling in from? Mansfield, Ohio, the great state of Ohio. Uh, love my Ohio team buck listeners. What's going on? Hey, I got one for you. Uh, ben Affleck, Charlie Theron's, I believe is how you pronounce it. Charlize Theron, yeah. Yes. Ben tells her, I had better sex in prison. Name that movie. It's kind ben of Affleck? Obscure, but it, it's Charlize, the, Charlize Theron or whatever? Man, oh, she's made a lot of she's made a lot of uh, a lot of clunkers, a lot of bad it was, movies. It was kind of a Christmas uh, motif, kind of a Christmas setting. It's a caper. It's a knocking off a casino. Is it a jingle all the way or something? What, what is it? No, it's eh. reindeer games. Oh, uh, that's what I was. Okay, games. I was. Yeah. It, it's not is that a, is that an action it's, movie? You know, or it, 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 we know it's a bad yeah, movie, but is it an action movie? There's car chasing. Yeah, there's car chases and there's capers. So yeah, I mean, you know. I okay. think it classifies as a caper, you know. All right, I'll check. I mean, it's, should I check it out, Rod? Are you giving me the thumbs up, or yeah, are you just trying to trip? Are you just trying to trip I, me I, up with this? I would give it. I would give it two thumbs and one shield up. Okay. All right, brother. Well, look, Check chill time, man. Thank that. you very much for calling in. I, I do. Oh, I think he had something out. I feel bad. And then people write me Facebook. Like, why'd you cut me off? I don't always know. I can't. You know, I wish that there was a way that people could like, well, this would be this could probably be a problem, too. If people could FaceTime in so I could see, you know, and then I could see them as they're speaking. But, you know, who knows? Um, Tyrone, you saw the movie. Come on for a second. Tell me, what do you think of it? It wasn't bad. Tyrone, what is the best Ben Affleck movie? All right, we know it's not Geely, so I mean we could do process of elimination, but you don't have, really. I mean, I, could be Armageddon. I, I could go with that. I, I'm accepting of that. I, I think that these the safe choice for the the you know the the, the cool hipster set would be uh, Goodwill Hunting, which amazingly enough was his first one, but and really started his career. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. All right, so, but reindeer all the well, not reindeer games worth seeing or no? Uh, can neither confirm nor deny. Plead, plead. I, I understand. Plead, I plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. You'll notice, and thank you, Tyrone. You'll notice, everybody, that uh, you know I did not even weigh in on the issue of Hugh Hefner's passing because I don't know. What am I going to say about that? Why does everyone get all? Oh, you know, I mean, he's a pioneer, or no, he's a pornographer, or no, he's a pioneer. I don't know. I, I just. It's not something I not something I really felt the need to spend time on. So it's not that I'm not aware of it. That's why I'm telling you about it now. I just some kind of I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought about Hugh Hefner once in the last fifteen years probably. So there you have it. Um, Noel, am I saying that right? Yep. Pretty good. Noel, where are you calling in from? Uh, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Yep. I'm here to oh. you. Oh wow! Out in Hawaii, very nice. Uh, Aloha, Noel. Aloha. All right, I got an action movie for you. All right, sure. Okay, I could have killed them all. I could kill you. In town, you're the law. Out here, it's me. Don't push it. Don't push it. I'll give you a war you won't believe. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, Unforgiven. Nope. Oh. Man, all right. What is it? Rambo. 
Oh, that's that's legit, and I'm I'm ashamed of myself right now. I should have gotten that. I always think of Rambo: First Blood Part Two. I, I forget about the the original Rambo. So you got me there, and that's right in the canon of action movies. That's right in the center of the wheelhouse. No, look at you coming in from Pearl Harbor. You know, yeah, yeah you know, a, a Hawaiian surprise today on on uh, Buck Sexton with America Now. Yeah, I had to make it from my last time. I, I, I got to get you because it wasn't quite action enough. So. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Well, no, man, uh, I, I was going to say enjoy your week. I mean, you're in Hawaii, so I'm sure you enjoy every day. Sounds lovely. Uh, Shield time, my friend. Thank you very much for the call. One more before we head into a break here. Bob calling in with a quote. What's up, Bob? Where are you calling from? Uh, Virginia. Where in Virginia? Danville. Oh, very nice, sir. Very nice. So what's on, what, what do you got for me today? Uh, I got something with uh, you know the health secretary. What uh, Trump said. Okay, pro- said okay, we're going to talk war. some some real stuff. Go ahead. Uh, definitely, uh, it's it's Arnold, and it's and it goes consider this a divorce. Oh, uh, that is Total Recall. Sharon Stone, the end of her character in that movie. The first Total Recall, by the way, much better than the remake with Colin Farrell and Jessica Biel, even though Jessica Biel was in it, and even though she's not a good actress, but I seem to think she's great anyway. Uh, but so, yes, Total Recall. We don't have the ding, ding, ding today for some reason. We'll figure that out another time. But, well, uh, okay, so I got I got that one, Bob, so I, I've redeemed myself. Well, Arnold did a, a, a movie called Hauser. You said that in that one, too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Check huh. that out. Okay, we'll do. Well, what's your what are your thoughts on Price having to resign? You know, ran up the tab. Can't do it under the Donald. Only Donald can do that, and that's how it works. Yep. You know, I I, I think that's absolutely correct. You can't do it with the man with the money. He knows it. Yeah. He plays the crowd the best. He really does. Yeah. Well, it's it's easy for him, right? Because he sees this, and this is this is like the point in in The Apprentice. When you got you got to fire somebody to to send an uh, to set an example for the others, right? So price yeah. price is fireable. He's not blood. You get rid of anybody who's not blood. That's how it works. You know? Yeah, so. I hear you, man. Bob Shields, hi, brother. Have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you very you, much man. for calling in. Good weekend. Um, you know, there's another. Speaking of, I guess it is really more of a of like a cop drama, but you know, in The Departed. I always like that scene where uh, that that ex- that explanation of how there are guys you can't hit, and Leonardo DiCaprio's character doesn't know that, but he he gets he gets into it with a guy in a bar, and then he's told by one of the one of the crime bosses, really the right hand man to Jack Nicholson, who's the main crime boss, who I I believe is uh, he's supposed to be Tyrone, he's supposed to be uh, Whitey Bulger, right? Isn't that who he's based on in The Departed? Or am I am I getting my yeah, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm getting my, I might be getting my Irish Boston mobsters confused. The departed. Uh, so, but he says there are guys you can't hit. I've found this out, I should tell you all, in, in media, uh, depending on where you are. You think that you're allowed to have a debate with somebody, but then afterwards you'll get an email from the person who runs the show, whether it's you know, radio or TV or whatever. Uh, you, you find out sometimes that in media there are also guys you can't hit or gals. I don't like that expression, but you know what I'm saying. There are people you can't hit um, on air, and you'll find that out the hard way because they'll say, yeah, so do that again, and, you know, you're off. Uh, 
But with the administration, it's absolutely the case. With the Trump administration, there are guys you can't hit, and Price was not in that category, so he is out. Uh, let's maybe talk a bit NFL, and then also we'll get into some Puerto Rico. What's the truth of the Puerto of the government's response to Puerto? Look, we know it's a devastating. Uh, we know it's a terrible situation. It was a devastating hurricane, and uh, I am hoping every day that. The response is sufficient or is as, as sufficient as it can be to help the people of Puerto Rico. Uh, but that all said, there are there's definitely a political angle to this. And I want to know whether there's any truth to it or not, which is, that, you know, can can Trump be criticized for not doing enough? From what I've seen, that's just that's just politics. They're just coming at him with this because they want to come at him with something. I don't think it's. But we'll see. I don't know, the Dr. Seuss thing. I mean, we could have some fun with that in the next hour too. a lot of. Uh, a lot of fun Dr. Seuss-like poems today on social media because Melania Trump gave some books to a school and the librarian went all social justice warrior and said Dr. Seuss is racist. We can't even – forget about the NFL for a second. We can't even be brought together by Dr. Seuss now. You know, Even Dr. Seuss is up for debate. What's next? Barney the Purple Dinosaur? Probably some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. All right, we're going to come right back. Stay with me. All right, Team Buck, I, I missed this from earlier in the week, so I know usually I, I focus particularly early on in the show on the day's events, and then we can get into deep dives and nat- national security and history later on in the show. Uh, but I, I wanted to take a, a step back in time for a moment because I missed this and I meant to get to it. Um, Hillary has in her What Happened tour, she has now added – uh, another another level because she's just straight up saying, well, l- let me let you hear it from Hillary. Uh, play clip nine, please. When I see women, and look, it's predominantly white women. Let's just be clear about that. I won women. I lost white women, although I got more white women's votes than President Obama did in 2012. So this is an ongoing challenge. But when I see women doing that, I think... Why are they publicly disrespecting themselves? So if you support Trump, the uh, most recent uh, presidential would-be loser says that if you support Trump and you're a woman, you are publicly disrespecting yourself. One thing – and this will will take us into our NFL discussion, which is a a wrap-up of my thoughts for the NFL this week and and what's been going on. One thing that – the uh, elitist Democrats don't seem to understand, and the Democrat media, the, the self-righteous, overpaid, whiny, deeply unimpressive Democrat media, particularly on the TV side, well, they don't understand that when you make statements that are so unfounded and that are so uh, condescending and disrespectful but also frivolous and baseless – it makes people just want to tune out the rest of what you say. So when Hillary Clinton goes out there and says that any woman who votes for Trump is disrespecting herself, I think a lot of women who voted for Trump know that this is just nonsense and they don't care. But some probably think to themselves, wow, you know, I might have even been I might have even been borderline. You know, I, I, it might have been up in the air for me who I was going to vote for the, in this past election. I went for Trump. But now that I see how Hillary acts that she's not president and the way that she speaks about women who would not support her, 
I'm darn sure made the right choice voting for Trump. I mean, can you imagine? It's just such a such an arrogant, pompous, and stupid point of view. I have really been on this mind for a while, and I I think it's it's a correction um, in some way of my earlier perspective on this, which is that I just don't think Hillary's that smart. I I just I just don't think she's that smart. I, I think that people have. And all the stuff about, oh, she went to this school or that school. That's all nonsense, okay? People go to these – first of all, and I know some of the boomers listening are going to get mad at me. You know, getting into Wellesley like 40 years ago wasn't that hard. I know people are going to yell. That. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it wasn't a good school. I'm just saying wasn't that hard. Uh, and going to Yale Law School if you were at Hillary's year wasn't that hard. That's not enough for me. When I see the way that a person conducts himself or herself, the statements they make, the choices they make, the that's a much better indicator of, is this person smart or not? And Hillary's just not that good at a whole lot of stuff that she should be good at at this point. And I think it's just fair to say that the media has been overestimating her intellectual aptitude for a long time. And now we're seeing that she's just not impressive. In case you didn't know that already. Trump versus the NFL. A few days ago, it seemed like the Democrat media consensus on this issue was that, oh, Trump couldn't. Trump can't come out on top in this one. He He's finished. Oh, he's going to have to walk this one back. Trump's finally uh, picked on a on a group or an entity that he can't handle. You know, the NFL. Here, in case you missed him, which I know the answer is none of you did, but why not have a little fun with this because it's Friday. Uh, you remember that fellow who seemed to think that uh, he was the, the modern reincarnation of Shakespeare with the politics of Noam Chomsky? Uh, remember, remember that guy, Keith Olbermann? This is what he was saying but a few days ago about Trump, the NFL, the flag. Play it. No American should again stand during the national anthem until our rights to protest are no longer being threatened by this dictator in president's clothing. No athlete should stand, no fan, no one. I will not stand, you should not either. The flag is our dearest symbol. It is the representation of our nation. It is the emblem of our freedoms. And Donald Trump is an enemy to all of these things. He has now shown his true self to us all. If you protest the death of innocent civilians, you should be fired. If you protest him, you should be fired. Okay, okay. So I just, I, well, I mean, he goes on. It's like an eight-minute long thing. Uh, turns out that Americans disagree with the Trump is going to have to walk it back and the NFL is right on this flag thing. And Nope. It turns out that Americans would just rather have professional athletes who are supposed to be respectful towards the flag and the military. Let's be honest about this. As Americans and also as part of their professional brand and their obligations, you do not have a right to be a multimillionaire athlete. You have a right to say stupid, ignorant, uninformed things about politics, no matter who you are, and not have the government do anything to you. But you don't have the right to keep your job based on 
whatever you feel like saying at any point in time. Anyone who has any questions about this can go into whomever their boss may be and go into a profanity-laced rant about how terrible the boss is. You, You can try to bring a First Amendment suit afterwards. You will lose. Right. We all you know this. I know this. I'm just saying this is this is not that complicated. But here's what we found out. It seemed as though. Most of the media was gearing up for a big Trump smackdown, meaning Trump was going to have to eat humble pie. The NFL is a bigger symbol. The NFL is more popular. The NFL has more clout in America than Donald Trump. So here's what they didn't understand. For most Americans, as seen in the polling and as seen in the results of what's happened this week, this was never about Trump. This was always about the flag. This was always about respect for this country, the flag, and those who have fought and died for this country. That's it. We can try to make this more complicated. You can have people that go on TV who want to go through all these intellectual gymnastics about how it's, oh, no, it's about this, it's social justice, it's about oppression, it's a, whatever. No, no. For most Americans, not all, I know, I'm not saying all, but most, it's just respect the flag, respect the anthem. It's not hard. And if you don't, that's fine. That's your right legally. But people are going to be mad at you. They're going to stop watching you. There will be financial consequences. If I came on this radio show and just said a bunch of vile, anti-American stuff, you would stop listening and NPR would hire me, right? We get it. You know, MSNBC would offer me a show, but you'd stop downloading my podcast. You get it. This is the, this is the way that America works. But there was all this effort to create confusion I could work for NPR and sit and just talk like this all the time. Hi, everyone. Are you listening to me on my radio show? I'm going to tell you some very bland, boring, but left-wing things. And because I say it like this, you will believe I have greater credibility. So, what did we see this week with Trump versus the NFL? Here's what we found out. Trump won. Because last night you had all the different players standing. Teams are now standing. I don't think you're going to see a lot of kneeling going on this weekend. I think that there's been a moment of recognition by many NFL owners and even some of the players that you are not invincible just because you are a highly paid professional athlete. You can get fired. People can stop watching you. It doesn't mean that you get to enjoy this incredibly privileged position in American society forever. Teams that respect the flag, fans are going to show up and support them. Teams that make a show of disrespecting the flag are going to face economic consequences. But there's an even bigger level, and there's a a bigger win, I think, for Trump here. Whether you think that the administration, whether you think the president should be involving himself in this or not, I'm just analyzing the win-loss column on this. I'm doing I'm Monday morning. I'm Monday morning quarterbacking Trump versus the NFL on a Friday. That's what this is. And here's what we saw. 
Trump was able to not just take on the NFL, but also in the eyes of a lot of his supporters, I think, and a lot of them, forget about his supporters, a lot of Americans, show that the media, the Democrat media, would rather cover for and explain away or or defend, just openly defend, multimillionaire athletes who are disrespecting the flag for their own for their own political purposes, whatever they may be, than to side with the American people, by and large, on this. You also had an instance, a rare instance, where the uh, the politics of, well, identity politics and racial grievance politics and anti-cop politics all came into play here. And usually there is a, a fear in corporate America in particular, to be seen as insensitive to identity politics and racial grievance and all of that. There is, there is a terror at running afoul of that. There will Because the media will light you up and there will be consequences to your bottom line and you know, you're going to have all kinds of problems. It can ruin your business. If, if, not if you do anything wrong, just if you're not sensitive, sensitive enough to this. If you don't buy into this, right, if, if you are running a business and you said, you know, I, I would expect people not to make a big show of like their Black Lives Matter activism if, if I'm sponsoring them and they're professional athletes, right, I'd rather they not do that. There's, you know, people would be afraid of the consequences. But here's what Trump understands and this is at a gut level you know trump's not a guy who's up late at night reading lots of books he's not a scholar we we all get this we understand this fine i think we've seen in previous presidencies that you know there are plenty of people who are scholar i mean you got bill bill clinton's a Rhodes scholar and you know i don't think that was like the greatest thing ever uh, i think also jimmy carter was a Rhodes scholar but the Rhodes has always been very that's always been very political and i've i've known a lot of Rhodes scholars in my life most of them were about uh, about one-tenth as impressive as they found themselves in reality. That's been my impression of most Rhodes Scholars that I've known, and I've known a bunch, a bunch of my peers. Uh, where was I? Trump understood that, yes, identity politics is incredibly powerful. It is weaponized. Corporations live in fear of it. Media entities live in fear of it. And usually when you have a group that is asserting some kind of uh, grievance about racism or about oppression of minorities, everyone just runs, you know, runs away scared or, or does whatever they're supposed to do to, you know, oh, gosh, please. Basically, it's the race card. Don't call me racist. Please, please, please don't call me racist. Whatever I have to do to not be called racist, I will do. And with Kaepernick and some of the others, they, I think, were banking on that, right? Oh, they, you know, they, they got to – people don't want to be called racist. And to be fair, they weren't getting nearly as much attention until Trump pointed out what they were doing. I get that. But here is an instance where it did become a very big issue, and for a lot of the players, they were saying that this was – well, I don't know. It depends on which player you're talking about, right? But Kaepernick was very explicit. I'm not standing to honor a country, uh, the, the flag of a country that – 
that has people who are on paid leave while they're murdering black people. That was what Kaepernick was saying. It was very clear. And figured, you know, that, that they could mobilize that whole idea, that whole movement, the kneeling, the NFL, that these athletes combined around that message, which was Kaepernick's message. He started this, that that would be more powerful than Trump. But here's what Trump knew. It wasn't about him. It was about the flag and those who have fought and died to protect it, the flag being symbolic of this country of America. And for most Americans, even in an era where we all have to run scared the moment that there is any any beginning, any hint of race, uh, racism, accusations, racial grievance, politics coming into the discussion. When it comes to identity politics versus respecting the flag, for most Americans, even today in 2017, despite all of the culture wars, victories of the left and everything else that they've, the flag still wins. For most Americans, it's more important to show respect for this country than to placate the political whims of any identity politics group or any group's message that is based in allegations of systemic racism or systemic oppression or whatever the case may be, that the flag wins, that our unity as Americans based around the flag is still more potent and more powerful than allegations of racism. And this is a rare moment. You know, the, any allegation of racism is usually, in a public discussion, is usually going to win the argument. You know, you better do this or else you're a racist. Oh, gosh, please, anything but that. You know, you better be okay with us taking the knee or else you're racist. No, it's the flag. Stand, actually. Stand. Most Americans, that's, wh- that's how they, most Americans of all backgrounds, that's how they feel. That's what the polling says. So, Trump won. They said he was going to lose. You're going to notice a lot of NFL athletes standing up. What does that tell us? People say, oh, Trump, you know, he doesn't understand politics. He doesn't run the White House, all this stuff. He understands some stuff. And I think this week was a reminder. His numbers right now, he's up at 45% in the polls. He's got a big bump. I, I wonder why. It's not because he built a wall and, uh, you know, followed through on his promises about immigration and health care. Hopefully that will still happen. Anyway, that's where we are on the NFL. Uh, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. We'll take some calls, and uh, we'll get into some other stuff. We'll be right back. All right, lines are lit here in the Freedom Hut, Las Vegas edition. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening wherever you are across the country and around the world. Uh, that's why I love The iHeart app is awesome because you can listen. If you have Internet access, you can listen to the Buck Sexton Show. Isn't that great? I think it's great. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, thank you, thank you for the clarification, Ty. Appreciate it, my friend. Um, excited to hang out back in New York with you guys in a few days. Team, we'll be right back. All right, Team Buck, we are in the midst of a freestyle Friday, uh, and I'm coming to you from uh, sunny Nevada. Going to be uh, drinking some tequila poolside within hours. We can put we can set the countdown clock to Buck's Wild Las Vegas tequila adventure which is all that has to be approved by miss molly but i'm just saying you know it's fun i'm having fun here (laughs) but my version of vegas 
involves like really getting into the restaurant scene and uh, figuring out where I'm going to go eat and reading old books by the pool and um, maybe you know maybe I'll take a steam you know I I actually try to avoid even w- walking through the casino areas I got no problem with it I actually think gambling should be legal uh, I just it's just not for me. Um, but I do like it, like hanging out here. It's fun for a few days. Uh, we've got a lot of lines lit. People want to talk about all, all of the things, all of the things. And if you're listening, I should note, and we are not uh, live, but you want to send in your thoughts throughout the show, facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. It's a great place to send me messages. And uh, we will be doing Team Buck Speaks at the end of the show today. And if you send me a message in the next few days, maybe next week, we'll read your message. Um, and just also note, by the way, those of you listening, if you ever send me something that you want, it's for my eyes only, or my team can see it too, but if you want us to keep it uh, you know, between us or confidential, or if you, you've got a tip about a story, but you don't want to have any uh, blowback, or you, know, you want to tell me something about your hometown, but you don't want them to start boycotting your hardware store or whatever, you know, just let me know. I only use first names in Team Buck Speaks, so that's there's that, but also I'm totally willing to... Um, get messages and respect everyone's privacy. Just give me the heads up. Because otherwise, if you send me a great funny message, it's on Facebook, I'll be like, all right, well, we'll share it over the air. So just uh, establishing Team Buck Speaks uh, ground rules. So we're all on the same page. Uh, Phil, uh, calling in from, where's he calling in from, Ty? Phil in New Hampshire, what's going on, sir? Not much, Buck. Shield tie and have a, a, a great time in Vegas. And, Shield and tie, stay thank away you. from the maid's cart. They, they, you're welcome. They, they have great stuff on the maids' cart in, in Vegas. Oh, you mean so like the mini bar stuff? Yeah, the mini bar in Vegas is no joke. There's like really good stuff. <laughs> um, now I've spoken to you a couple Fridays long ago, and I always forget to to do the movie, the movie quote. Okay, what do you? Well, let's see what you got. You, uh, it's, maybe it's too easy, and I'm not remembering exactly, but it'll be close enough. Look at us. Look at what they make you do. Man, I mean that's that. This is obscure, but all right. I mean, we hit the buzzer. Oh, what is it? On. It's it's not that obscure. Maybe I got it wrong. Dang, Ty, that was that was loud. Uh, uh, born ultimatum. Um, I mean, okay, that's an action fan? movie, but that's like that's like someone calls in. I'm, look, I'm just keeping it real here, Phil. This is like someone calls in and they're like, <laughs> "Hey, you know, I've got a, I've got an action movie quote for you." And and I'm like, okay, what is it? And they're like, you know, will you be having wine with dinner? And they're like, true lies. You know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I mean, it's probably in some other movies too. I I barely know what day it is, so I'm not always sure. Hey man, look, I I I appreciate I appreciate the effort and the attitude. So, what else is on your mind? (laughs) Uh, You know, I was just calling on a bunch of your podcasts, which is really how I I live with you because listening to the show is too much at night and I stay awake too late after the show's over. Um, but more, more days in a row that I can remember the last week, I thought, Oh, I got to call Buck Sexton. Um, I'm sure you can appreciate how Trump took the NFL who's, you know, they're taking a knee. It's a thinly guised effort to take pot shots at Trump. Like so many other celebrities, sports people, they say they're protesting one thing. It's a shot at Trump. So Trump takes them, stuffs them in a corner where, by the end of the season, almost all of them will have been forced to say, hey, 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 I'm a patriot. I love America. Because Trump put him there and said, hey, look, 
now you're not just taking shots at me. You're disrespecting the flag. A lot of other people had said it. But I think he kind of cut him off at the pass and, like, enough of this nonsense. Um, Here, can, can I just say something, Phil, about, about this as well? If, if I were a professional athlete, which is uh, – we're talking alternative universe here. I understand that. But if I were a professional right. athlete and I despised the president who was a, a Democrat, right? Let's say I had the same politics, but I despised the president who's a Democrat. It would never occur to me in a million years, nor would I ever be okay with using a protest during the anthem – to protest right. that president. And that's what most Americans just instinctively understand and agree with. Protest Trump all oh, you and, want. And LeBron, me, look, LeBron James, you know, stood up there at a press conference like a man and, and you know, said what he had to say and, and you know, was, was totally mature and responsible about it. And I don't agree with what he said, but, you know, be a man about these things, right? Doing it during the anthem, it seems cheap. It, well, you know, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a Pats fan. But I'm one of those football fans, as much as I love it and as much as I watch every game, it doesn't take much to tip me off the scale and I'll do something else like go fishing. Because it's like, look, I watch the game to watch you guys be great athletes. What do I think of your intellect? I don't know. Never wondered. What do I think of LeBron's intellect? I don't know. Never wondered. You know, I, I said I this, I think, I don't know if I said this on Twitter or if I said it on the show, but, you know, I think because with professional athletes, we have real emotional attachments to our teams and to our favorite athletes. And there's also uh, a level of, uh, of leadership and grit and determination in athletics that you generally don't see in, say, uh, acting, right, in, in Hollywood movies. Although becoming an actor is like one of the most difficult things in terms of the numbers. But, you know, it, 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 we have respect for them as leaders. And so I think that often translates into – People treat athletes' commentary about politics as as a, as a bit more relevant and, and more worthwhile. And maybe I'm wrong here. This is my impression than actors. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, there's really one, the other. I mean, wh- why should I care? Right. right. And, you know, it, it's what I'm so saying is like, you know, George Clooney me. saying that Trump is the worst. I can, you know, people ignore, but they're like, well, you know, the quarterback for such and such team also said Trump is terrible. And it's like, well. I mean, if I ignore Clooney, why can't I ignore that guy too? You know what I'm saying? You you said it you said it best a few shows ago. I can't remember what day when you said, "Hey, we think of you as righteous, as warriors, as behind your mates, as there every minute, as you know, I'd want you to have my back." So when you said that, I think that might have been. What Thank got you. That me was awesome. I didn't realize I said that. I should go quote myself. I like that. <laughs> I quote you now and then, actually. Thank you. And I've got a bunch more people on your show. I've got, there's a bunch, and it's kind of catching on up here in northern New Hampshire a little bit with people I know who are. Love, you, love my New Hampshire peeps, man. Please do spread the word, Phil. <clears throat> Look, I, 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 we got we got every line lit, so I'm going to run to some calls here. But, man, thanks. Shields High, and thank you for the call, and thanks for making the time to, to join us. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get Paul calling in from Paul. You can tell me where you're calling in because I've got a little screen problem here. Where are you calling in from? Calling in from Florida. I'm driving across the state right now, originally from Bradenton, though. Oh, fantastic. Where in Florida are you right now? Uh, just past Panama City, heading to New Orleans for the weekend. Oh, New Orleans. Love New Orleans. Go, hoping right. to take Miss, actually hoping to take Miss Molly down to New Orleans uh, the, in the wintertime. But go ahead, sir. What's on your mind? So, liberals really love the utopic idea, the, men, the mentality that you know, 
and there's under socialism, everybody has a happy face on and everybody's got everything they need. In this process, in this thought process that these football players are making, if you were to take it to its ultimate end and just imagine that everybody's happy kneeling down, let's just imagine for the sake of it that every single person decided to watch uh, Monday Night Football and you and everyone in your home locked arms and everyone in the stadium locked arms and took a knee during the national anthem. The question is then what? What happens? What was achieved? Just for the sake of it, like, okay, so let's say everybody, no one was wanted, wants racism. And nobody wants inequality. But what happens after the knee is taken? I don't understand. Well, well Paul, if, if you, uh, hopefully, uh, although I love uh, people joining at any point in the show, I'm hoping that you, you listen so attentively that you'll remember earlier in the week when I said that from the perspective of uh, effectiveness or uh, efficacy, right, achieving the desired end, if it's not clear why people are taking the knee, and it's not because you hear different things from people in the media, you hear different things from different players, if it's not clear why they're doing it, then there's no chance of there being any positive reaction or outcome from it, right? So this this is, remember I was talking about how this is like the difference between, you know, Antifa says Trump's a fascist, let's go break a bunch of windows and, and like light a store on fire, that that doesn't right. there's nothing that anyone's going to do. Say, so, oh, OK, well, those guys broke a bunch of stuff and they say Trump is really bad. If people hold a protest in the streets and they say, you know, wages here are too low, there should be a 15 dollar minimum wage. Whether anyone agrees with that or not is irrelevant. I'm just saying at least we know what they're protesting and we know what they want. When people take actions like kneeling during the national anthem and we don't know what they are doing, or, or why they're doing it, rather, and we don't know what they would want as a result of it, how can we take it as anything other than virtue signaling, self-indulgence? Uh, that's, I, I just think that's a fair analysis of it. I'm, I'm assuming you agree with me because I hear silence. Oh, Paul, no, I, you... I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. I that's agree right. with you 100%. The, um, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It, it, uh, and that's my point. I can't imagine why any logically thinking billionaire owner of a team would not want those answers before they locked arms with their players. I mean, any small amount of thought into this, why wouldn't anybody just... I, I think I have an answer for you. I think I have an answer for you, Paul. Stupid question. Um, no, it's, 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 it, it, I think I have an answer. You're raising some very interesting points. NFL owners a week ago thought the biggest problem was being on the wrong side of their players. NFL owners now, I think, realize their biggest problem is being on the wrong side of their fans. There's been a shift. Right. I think that's what's happened. But shield time, man. Thank you very much for calling in. Thank uh, you. Car- Carl in Indiana on the iHeart app. What's up, Carl? How you doing, bud? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, I got a action movie quote, and then I got a serious question. All right, like I'm, I'm like I'm like getting crushed by action movie quotes today. So hopefully, you know, if you if you throw me a softball, I'm not going to cry about it. Go ahead. All right. Well, uh, this isn't easy, but it's, it's, <laughs> okay. It's, uh, yeah, it sounds I like I got another buzzer pop. coming. Go ahead. No, no, no. You this you got this. All right. I got so this. Dialogue between two characters. Is there anything you'd like to tell me before we start? 
second character. First, I'm going to use you as a human shield. Then I'm going to kill this guard over here with the Patterson Troker on the table. And then I was thinking about breaking your neck. And what makes you think you can do all that? You know my handcuffs? I picked them. True lies, Schwarzenegger, when he's taken captive and he breaks out. Boom. There we go. All right, ding, ding, ding for me. And now, th- thank you, Carl. That was that was totally legit action movie. Not easy, not hard. Good, good difficulty level. What's on your, not too hot, not too cold, just right. Uh, where'd he go? I thought he had a serious thing, too. Did he drop or did we drop him? That makes me sad. We we dropped? Oh. Oh, he, pardon me, Ty. <laughs> I misheard. Ty's like, don't, don't accuse me of dropping him. He dropped. Good, fair point, fair play. Um, all right, let's, uh, oh, I mentioned that today's National Coffee Day, and then I, I, I threw a bunch of um, things that I would tell you about later on the show out there. So maybe I'll do that when I come back. And we have this, I don't know, we'll talk about this. So this woman who says Dr. Seuss is racist, I don't know, she just seems like kind of an idiot, but maybe we'll talk about that a little bit too. I said we get to Puerto Rico and the political debate that's breaking out as to whether they can blame Trump for this or not in some way. Maybe the next hour. And then at the end of the next uh, end of the sh- next hour, for sure, some Team Buck Speaks, where I get to read messages from all of you. Some funny, some serious, some critical, some happy, some sad, all that stuff. We'll be right back. Yeah, welcome back, team. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me here. I said uh, it's, it's National Coffee Day, so I drank a lot of coffee. And I just thought you might want to know that mocha, which is usually thought of as a flavor of coffee, is named for a port city uh, in Yemen because it was on the trade route for coffee, which was planted in uh, what is now the eastern part of Africa, some of the interior of Africa, of what is the Horn. That's where the original coffee, Kenya, was where you found some of the earliest, Kenya and Ethiopia. Um, And uh, they would... Transit the coffee. Arab uh, traders would, uh, merchants and traders would transit the coffee on ship, and they would stop in the Yemeni port of Mocha. And that's, if you're drinking Mocha, it's an Arab city. There you go. Another little fun fact, those of you who like wine, Syrah, or or sometimes called, which is just a, a French version of Shiraz, is in fact named for the Persian, Iranian, City of Shiraz, which before all the Islamization and uh, all that stuff going on, Shiraz was known as a city of poetry and wine. That's a long time ago. Not a city of poetry and wine anymore. Not with the mullahs running the show. So a little, little interesting, a little wine, little coffee knowledge dropping for you. Uh, so, what do we have? We've got a lot of calls up, and Larry in North Carolina, welcome, sir. Uh, yes. Um, yes. I was sir. calling about the NFL protest. Yeah, I'm sure. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I'm just very disappointed in it. And uh, I was uh, saying that the me and my friends, when we were talking about it with the Panthers, because I'm, you know, here we are in North Carolina, a heavy military state. And we were thinking it's just no way, you know, the owner was against it. And now all of a sudden yesterday we see on the news that the captains were able to meet with him on Tuesday and he's going to allow it. And I just think that will probably destroy uh, their chances of hoping that the, I mean, because they were on an uprise of ticket sales because, you know, everything was doing good with the Panthers. And 
I just I have this real strong belief that this is just going to really ruin their situation if they join in with what all this is going on. So you're worried that the Panthers are going to join in on the protests? I, I, I do, because when we saw on the news yesterday how the owner was going to allow them to join in with the protest because of the captains met with... Uh, we will see. Uh, I think for any team, look. Let's let's also understand that there's already been, it seems, a a middle path where people. Can, I, I think that most folks are like, look, if you're standing for the anthem, you want to lock lock arms, fine, right? I mean, you know, and and there's a lot of discussion over what's acceptable symbolism then and what's not. But I think that the standing and locking arms doesn't upset people, um, and I, I get that. The kneeling thing, though, is meant to. Is meant to be disrespectful. I know people would say, well, you can you kneel in prayer, and there's a lot of... But uh, it was done initially out of disrespect, and so it continues to feel disrespectful to people. Um, we'll see what happens with the Panthers. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how much NFL I'm going to be watching this weekend, I'll be honest with you. But, Larry, thank you very I'm much for calling in. I'm not going to watch it either. I really wanted to watch the game, and I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, the good news is there's a lot of fantastic television out there now. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. The NFL... There's more competition for eyeballs now on TV, much higher level competition than there ever has been before. So professional sports need to keep it together. We'll be back. All right. So I had said uh, that we would talk about this woman who rejected some Dr. Seuss books that were offered as a gesture for Melania, Melania Trump. Um, I... I don't know. That story's not as... There's some parts of it that we can read. It's not as exciting as... I don't know. Some people make it out to be. It's all right. It's fine. I'll get into that maybe in a second. I found something better. I, I like this one more than the school librarian who rejects Dr. Seuss books because Dr. Seuss books are divisive, like green eggs and ham. Why do the eggs have to be green? Well, why, is it, why does it always have to be about color? Why do the eggs have to be green? You know? Um, nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, this is how stupid things are. Uh, there's something even more fun than that. Fun for us to talk about on a Friday. So you got two students at UC, University of California, Riverside. And I, I always am wondering when these videos come out, could this be a hoax? You know, because it's, it's, so, it's so unbelievable when you're watching. You're like, is this real? But the, the woman who plays the, the central or the main character, there's two people in the exchange, the uh, the woman in this young woman, uh, college student, to me seems like she's too good to be faking. I mean, she's too good to be an actress. Like it, it's, I don't believe that this is a performance. So I, I'm guessing it's real. Here's the backstory as we know it. And Tyrone, we have bleeped out because there's a lot. Of, she uses a lot of a lot of potty mouth going on here. We bleeped it all out, right? Okay, all clear. Thank you, Ty. Ty- Tyrone has to calm me down sometimes. I worry because I know there's youngins listening to the show and you know there's folks who don't want any and so we're always very careful about that Um, because it's never a problem for me personally but it's a problem when you're pulling audio clips from elsewhere you know keith olbermann used to be a guy on tv who knew he couldn't curse but now he's because he does these gq videos miss precious perfect and he's cursing all over the place uh so this this woman young woman takes a I'm assuming we can all assume that she's a liberal leftist Hillary voter, maybe a Bernie voter, maybe a Jill Stein voter. Jill Stein. Why is she even running? It's a waste, um, says Bernie. But 
she takes a Trump a Trump voter or Trump supporter's hat. He's got a Make America Great Again hat on. And here's the exchange. I just want to play this for you. Enjoy. You stole my property, my Make America Great Again hat. Look at the kind of he's wearing. Look it. What, you're going to turn it into student life? What hey. the f- problem? Hey, y'all. Uh, so this guy thought it would be a good idea to go into the conference With wearing my freedom this of hat. hat. Really, look at the kind of he's wearing. You know what this represents? This represents genocide. I understand. Genocide of a bunch of people. And look at what he's wearing in front of a group of people. This is mine. This is mine. You do not get to take other people's property that is legally theirs in this country. Man, f*** your laws. All right? Then get do out. you have any conscience? Yes, I do. You do? Yes, and I do. Really? And that's why you go in yes, there wearing this hat? that's precisely why. Freedom of speech is genocide, homeboy. It doesn't matter. Is that what you're trying My to represent? My freedom of speech allows me to wear that hat as much as I, I want. God, I you do I not get to this. my property. I, swear to God, I, I paid for that. So you're recording me like I'm the criminal here. Because, because you stole, because my, you stole property. my property. That is Y'all literally a crime. Your ancestors stole this land. A crime. That okay. is literally a crime. Uh, can I can I take it? Can I be the neutral party and I'll take it? Yes. Your freedom of speech is literally killing a lot of people out there. That's what it is. Because you're out there wearing hats like these mm-hmm. that promote laws and legislations that literally kill and murder mm-hmm. in the masses really? people of color. Yeah, and thank you for talking to me really? like that, boy. We're so lucky we're in a university. <laughs> I mean, Wow. Oh man, uh, Tyrone, Tyrone, do you want to give me some initial thoughts on this one? Maybe we might, have to, you know, Amy, Tyrone, either of you. What do you think? Um, okay, she's. I think this is beyond just a uh, a snowflake. I actually think she has to be a little, at least a little bit deranged, at least a little bit beyond. I think that if I don't it was, if you were Tyrone, if you were to poll the sociology department at uc riverside as to whether a make america great again hat represents genocide i feel like you get some professors that say yes you're you're probably right about that part yes i, okay. I agree with that i mean she's clear yeah, no she's clearly uh she's uh, seems a bit disturbed in nypd parlance we would say she seems to be an edp an emotionally disturbed person and what i'm surprised by is that the guy who got his hat taken just started filming I don't know why, rather than have your phone out, I would have just taken the hat back. I, I think he was he was recognizing that this was going to make for a, a compelling exchange. You know, this is this goes up in the Trump voter versus MSNBC watcher category. Uh, but yeah, I think she's, uh, wow, it represents genocide. I also like, what did, what did she say? Uh, your hat represents genocide, homeboy. I think that's what she said. She did. She threw in a, a homeboy on him. She homeboyed him. Yes. <laughs> she she threw in a homeboy just in case. Thank you, Tyrone. I just want to make sure I'm not I'm not missing anything here. I think Ty and I see this one the same way. I can tell. I heard Amy laughing too. I know Amy's shy. She's gonna come on radio, but I know she's she's having a good time this video as well. Um, you know, this is the thing. I'm so happy, everyone, that when I was in college, they didn't have that. Everyone wasn't walking around with a camera and with a video camera and everything else. You know, the stuff, the, the dumb stuff you say in college now just follows you around forever. And it all gets on the Internet, and that's just the way that it is. Um, let's get, uh, wait, Carl is back? Wow, Carl, you wanted to finish something, Carl. We, we, you got cut off before. Please, please, uh, please finish. Go ahead. 
Yeah, Buck. I just wanted to get your opinion on this the systemic racism that so much in the media and the left says exists. I mean, maybe this is maybe I, this is a stupid question. Maybe I just don't get it, but maybe you can explain it to me. How can there be systematic um, factors in place that hold black people or any people of color, of which I am one, down? When we've had a black president, when we have the richest woman in the world is a black woman from America, born and raised. I, I, how do they explain the way? Oh, she's, just, are you, are you I mean, suggesting Oprah? Just just for the facts here, Oprah's not the yeah. richest woman in the world. She's a billionaire, but she's not the richest. I'm sorry. She's okay. not the richest person I'm, in the world. She may be the richest. She may be the richest woman in the world. I need to check on that. You may be right on that. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I just, on, on its face, it seems absurd. And it just, no one ever talks about that. And, I, I I just want to get your opinion on it. On systemic uh, racism, um, ooh, it's. I mean, how can they claim that systemic racism exists when a black man achieved the highest position of power, the highest position? Oh well, of, I mean, if you want uh, me to put, leadership. if you want me to pretend that I'm I'm a member of the uh, the Smith College faculty for a second here and give you their their version of it, they would say that Barack Obama. Overcame racism to become president. They would say that just because one person beats all of the odds, whether it's a professional athlete or a CEO or the president of the United States, that doesn't mean that many others are not suffering under racism. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I could spend a lot more time going through these arguments. I'm familiar with them, uh, but systemic racism uh, is is an incredibly broad concept very, very broadly applied, uh, and they will say that it's true in uh, with regard to find an area of society, and you can find the way that it's, you know, find something that's important in society, and they'll tell you that there's some racial uh, disparity or racial aspect to it. The, uh, racial disparities in crime are the result of uh, systemic racism. Uh, racial disparities in school are the result of systemic. You just go down the line. They're all the result of systemic racism. And even defining racism these days is a much more complicated thing. I mean, Carl, it, it, it has uh, it has been the case now for a while that people will say that just not disliking or thinking less of people because of or treating people differently because of their skin color does not mean you are not a racist. I think for most Americans, when they think of what makes someone a racist, it's do you judge, treat, or react, or or uh, interact with people uh, of a different race or of a, of a specific race uh, other than your own in a negative fashion. Um, that's a that's a I think that's a pretty good, pretty uh, useful definition of racism. Um, but that's not what the left says racism is. The left says racism is. You or I don't mean you, Carl, and I know you just said that you're actually a, a, a minority. Um, but, you know, someone who walks around who's white just being considered less likely to commit a crime or being considered more likely to go to college or more all these things. That's where you get into systemic racism. Right. Or white privilege. And now they've even expanded it to white supremacy, which is a whole I mean, this is a, like we could do a whole show on this. It, it's not really uh, something that you can easily encapsulate with it with a short definition or short description but the bottom line is society is stacked against minorities and everything that's important in society is unfair because of racial differences that is systemic that's how they would describe i think systemic racism uh so that's 
That's my best version of what. Now, do I think it exists? I mean, I think there are racists. I think that there's, I think people treat people unfairly because of a whole bunch of reasons, including skin color. Um, I think that it's not spoken about uh, by many people on the left with the full context of how much progress uh, has been made and how much better things are. I mean, I think a lot of Democrats, for example, speak about America today as though America were still 1960 America, right? I mean, I think that they are, are stuck in a in a civil rights mentality that doesn't take into account how much racial healing, progress, and unity there really is in the country. Um, but now I'm 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 gonna I could talk about this forever and, and I'm gonna I wanna take us but Carl I hope that's a good a good enough answer for now and I thank you for calling in. Um so yes, uh that's that's what I have on systemic racism for the time being. Jim in Virginia, what's going on? Hey Buck, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, my friend. Hello? Thank you for calling. Hey, a little bit of trivia. Calling I'm calling from the last uh capital of the Confederacy. Do you know where that's at? Uh, I mean, I, uh, I would have guessed Richmond, Virginia. No. Uh, okay, what is it? it? It is in Virginia. Okay, well, I was close. What is it? I don't know. Danville, I mean, I don't want to Google it and Dan- cheat, so. Danville, Virginia. Oh, okay. Huh. They moved the capital to Danville right before uh, they surrendered an Appomattox courthouse, and they were loaded a train with all their gold headed to Atlanta, and when Lee surrendered in Appomattox. Huh. Okay. A little bit of trivia for you. Thank you, uh, sir. I was calling with calling with movie quote. Uh All right. you'll probably get this one. Um it's an interaction between two guys. One guy uh says, um uh guy's gotta make a living and uh, the other person says, uh dying ain't much of a living boy. Uh, I don't know. I've got, I've got, I've got uh, my poolside tequila on the mind right now, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as sharp as I usually am on these quotes. What is that? The outlaw Josie Wells. Oh, I've never seen that one, so I wouldn't have gotten that. That's a Clint Eastwood. Okay. I, all right, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, but, I should. Uh, I gotta get up on this. that. Oh, Ty, Ty says his best of, movie. Yeah, that's one of his best ones. Uh, I also wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, the NFL thing, but then when you brought the, uh, the video up of the uh, the snowflake and the college, uh, the college student, that uh, I wanted to speak about that too because the best part of that video is where the two cops walk in at the end of it to arrest her for stealing the hat, and she's like, uh, "Y'all are for real." <laughs> I actually didn't see. I'll be honest with you. I didn't get all the way through the clip that they, they she gets arrested at the end. Ty, I didn't know that she get she gets arrested for stealing the guy's hat. <laughs> but uh, as far as the NFL equality, I mean the NFL um, uh, protests go. That that whole situation, if they if if it was really about inequality and uh, those guys would be doing more in their uh, own communities to to solve the problem instead of taking a knee to uh, dis- disrespect the flag. I mean, when you've got over 500 murders in Chicago alone this year, most of it black-on-black crime, uh, you've got half a million ba- uh, black babies that have been ab- aborted already this year through pan- Planned Parenthood. You've got... Uh, 
the fo- uh, the focus on out. the focus Jim on on police uh, police violence against young black men from a numer- from a numeric from a statistic uh, sati- a statistical exactly. point of view is is very um, strange to me because the numbers and I, I'm I'm familiar with the numbers I've I've read through the studies you're talking about less than a hundred in a country of 320 million people less than a hundred cases of police shooting young black men uh, for any reason. That includes uh, instances where someone is a threat to the officer. So when you're you're talking about suspicious circumstances, it's under 100. I mean, depending on who you ask, it's 80, it's 50, it's... But that's in the whole country. So for that to be a problem that should get NFL players kneeling, that seems... Now, if it's... Broader than that, if you want to make it, if and I think people make this case, and I understand where they're coming from, if you want to make it about uh, problems within minority communities and dealing with police in general, or you know, the, but that's not what Kaepernick was doing. He was very explicit. It's about people getting people shooting people and being on paid leave. That's yeah. that's pretty anti-law enforcement, pretty pretty unfair, I think, uh, to take that um, as representative of the law enforcement community. But Jim, thank you for calling in. Um, All right, I've got to go into a break. We'll be uh, back, I think. A little discussion about, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about Puerto Rico. I'm not sure. I'll figure it out in the break, but I'll be right back. Stay with me. We will not rest, however, until the people of Puerto Rico are safe. These are great people. We want them to be safe and sound and secure, and we will be there every day until that happens. That was President Trump speaking about the efforts of the federal government to help uh, the island of Puerto Rico full of U.S. citizens who are in dire circumstances. Gasoline shortages, food shortages, shortages of medicine. Now, I understand it's a very serious situation, but I'm also on the watch for those who are trying to score cheap political points. You know, if someone wants to raise awareness and, and raise the alarm to get more donations, more help, more whatever into Puerto Rico, God bless. But to just grandstand right now, to stand on the you know, flooded and destroyed houses, so to speak, of the Puerto Rican people to give extra leverage for anti-Trump commentary is strikes me as pretty disgraceful. Um, and I, I see some of that going on in the media. And I'm, I'm wondering what the motivations are. You, you have... Uh, the governor, I mean, not the governor, the mayor of San Juan. I was just in old San Juan not long ago. Um, I know San Juan is the whole uh, capital city. The mayor of San Juan gave quite a speech about what's going on there. Play, We'll play some of it for you. Go ahead. I cannot fathom the thought that the greatest nation in the world cannot figure out logistics for a small island of 100 miles by 35 miles long. So I am asking the President of the United States to make sure somebody is in charge that is up to the task of saving lives. She goes on, and at the end, she, she talks about how people are dying, they're being left to die. Uh, she gives this whole speech... And the tone is that the president's not doing enough, that FEMA's not doing enough, that the the mainland U.S., right, because I know Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., but the mainland U.S. is not doing enough to help Puerto Rico. 
She gives this whole speech, and she's standing in front of massive pallets full of food and medicine and water and, and blankets and clothing. And and all I read, you know, they, they waved the Jones Act. All I'm reading are stories about, you know, National Guard and FEMA and federal response doing everything they can. It's a terrible situation. I get that. But it's also pretty grotesque if this is what's happening, and I'm seeing it happen, I think, for people in positions of responsibility to use this as an opportunity to score cheap points against the president. Um, All right, we're going to get into Team Buck Speaks here in just a few. I will be back with that. Stay with me. All right, team, I am going to be uh, finishing up the show in a little bit here with a a pretty extended Team Buck Speaks segment. Uh, I, I hadn't gotten to it earlier this week, and so I wanted to get a whole bunch of messages in. Great time to remind you, uh, please do uh, write in at facebook.com slash Buck Sexton your thoughts about the show, segment ideas, just to say hi. Uh, the team and I, Tyrone, Amy, and, of course, me, uh, we are in there as often as we can uh, responding. And I-, I will read everything. I will respond as quickly as I can. And also, if you have some slow cooker recipes, I'm, I'm going to try to compile them all in one place because I've been getting so many great ones. But Molly and I have decided that when we get back to New York from Las Vegas – where this is where we're really going to make it go at the slow cooker, probably on uh, on Sunday. Crockpot is apparently just one one brand of slow cooker. I didn't realize that. I thought it was a generic term, but it's like Kleenex, which is actually just a brand for facial tissue. These are things you learn when you have folks out there who really know about smoking meat. So I am going to be doing Team Buck Speaks here in just a moment. So uh, strap in for that, my friends. It's going to be a wild ride. Freedom Hut Vegas style. Be right back. All right, team, as I get ready to uh, head off to a evening Vegas pool party, it's one of my favorite segments we do in the whole week, Team Buck Speaks, where we pull as many messages as as we can from Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton and uh, give all of you listening, whether you're podcast listeners, whether you listen a little later in the day or you're a live listener with one of our wonderful affiliates across the country, uh, or you listen on the iHeart app, you can send me your thoughts on the show and get your voice heard on air with Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. So let's get to Team Buck Speaks this week. And I've got a lot going on here. All right, we got TJ writes in, Love the impressions. Alex Jones, hilarious. Need more commie bear. I chuckle out loud every time I hear, What happened? I could be wrong, but I think I heard you do a Floki from the show Vikings impression. Maybe it was a Yoda impression. Not sure. If it was a Floki impression, though, you should definitely do more. Wow, you know, I actually really like the Floki character from the show Vikings, and I never, I wasn't trying to do an impression of him, but, you know, TJ, that's a great idea. So maybe maybe I will be able to uh, to work that into the show. What? Make the ships and go in. Uh, I have to try and think about it a little bit. It's 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 difficult, you know. Odin, pray to. Odin. No, it's it's hard. It's hard to do Floki, but I'll I'll work on that. That's a fun one for those of you who don't watch it. I think Vikings is a pretty solid show. Although I will be honest with you, first season of The Last Kingdom, which you can watch on Netflix if you're a Netflix subscriber for free, is my favorite historical period show about that era of uh, folks. Folks, the Vikings, you know, the folks of the Viking conquest of the UK. Um, so we, we get to William writes uh, the following. Uh, hey, like your show. 
However, why do radio hosts talk around the problem? It's about subliminal behavior modification. That's why people are acting strangely. Something is provoking illogical thinking. Remember PSYOPs? We cannot hide because we are all connected. Example, my laptop communicated to me that it could not see me. Why was it important for my laptop to see me? Uh, uh, Okay, it sees and hears everything globally. It's a monster. Uh, oh, okay. Thanks, William. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that. I don't, I don't, I'm picking these in real time, just so you know. These are not pre-screened, so if I have to bail on one, um, it's because it gets a, a little bit... Uh, that, not that I was bailing on that one, but I was trying to make sense of it as I went through. But thank you. Uh, thank you, William, for your message. I appreciate it. Dean writes the following. Hey, Buck, my youngest son has changed his travel plans to include Malta with his girlfriend after listening to one of your history lessons. Also, he says it's a good bargain in October. Keep the lessons coming. As much as we like the adrenaline of politics, it's good to space it out with some history, too. Thank you, brother. Shields high. Dean, thank you, brother. Thank you for the great message. I'm jealous, I got to say. I think your son's going to have a fantastic time. Malta is on my top 10 list of places all around the world that I really want to go. And I'm definitely going to go, and, and hopefully I'll be able to maybe get a, get away there next year. Um, but uh, let me know on Facebook. Tell me how it goes with your son or his girlfriend. I, I hope they have a fantastic time. And Shields High, brother, thank you so much for the kind message. And, and there is more history coming. There is more history coming for sure. Um, let's see. We also say uh, we also have Kathy here writing, my gosh, the way you say what happened is such a crack up. Go Hillary. Okay. Thank you very much, Kathy. I appreciate that. Um, what else do we have on here? Uh, Monica writes the following. Hey, Buck, it is actually a husband of Monica that writes you. I heard you say something the other day, uh, other day about fixing Afghanistan. Uh, I know you were there. I spent three straight years there building new bases as a civil engineer, uh, working in uh, Kunduz, Jabad, Mazari, Sharif, etc. Outside the wire, not being defended by the U.S. military, I dealt directly with village elders and Taliban warlords on a very regular basis. We will never fix that place, and I don't know of a solution. They turn on each other for sport as well as the U.S.A., uh, that place needs to go away. As always, shields high. Uh, well, um, husband of Monica, thank you so much for uh, for the very interesting message. And look, I, I unfortunately agree with your assessment. Afghanistan is not getting better anytime soon. And I think that it does a disservice to everyone who is over there right now to pretend that we have a new strategy when we, we just we just don't. Um, we do not have. A new strategy. I, I wish that were not the case. Um, Hector writes the following. Thank you, Buck, for your commitment to common sense, facts and liberty. Well, thank you, Hector, for your commitment to the Freedom Hut and for listening to the show and your kind words. It is uh, very much appreciated. Tracy writes in the following. Uh, whoa, this is a long one. I might not get to all of this, Tracy, but you're very nice and it's a very nice message. You are the radio show I wait for each evening. Thank you. I'd like to share my thoughts on the controversy regarding the NFL. It has taken me a couple of days to process and gather my thoughts and to find the right words to fully discuss this most recent lunacy of the left regarding our flag. Let me begin by stating our national anthem is a tribute to our flag 
Our flag means many different things to many different people. Let me also state that in America, football is our national passion and that politics and sports should not meet. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for the message and thank you for your thoughts. It's great. Um, Kyle writes, just finished Empires of the Sea. I think your version is better. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Empire of the Sea is a good book. I I like that it covers a few different critical points in uh, the history leading up to the Battle of Lepanto, which we will be talking about here on the show next month. But I think Crowley, who's the author of Empires of the Sea, does does a good job. He also has a book on the fall of Constantinople to the Ottoman Turks, and uh, I would I would recommend that to you as well. Let me see what else we have here. Um, Damien writes, The older I get, I find myself wanting to take a deep dive into history. If you could recommend one book to start reading from any time period, what would said book be? Shields High. Damien, that is a fantastic question. And um, I think that if you're just going to go for a book that will really uh, grip you from the very beginning, that is all about history and that is an amazing story and not one that you already know, most likely, the biography of Peter the Great, the uh, Russian, uh, the Russian monarch uh, that Robert Massey wrote is a fantastic book. I mean, it starts off, you read the first 50 pages of that book and you are just spellbound. I'm telling you, it is, it is gripping stuff. Peter, the fact that he even survived, never mind, became uh, critical to the Europeanization uh, of Europeanization, I guess, of Russia. Um, it's incredible. So I would I recommend the Massey biography. I think that's a really good one. If you're also looking for uh, a book that'll give you a more uh, a perspective on on a big historical period that will just make all of your other reading in that era richer and you'll have a better understanding, I would go with William Manchester's A World Lit Only by Fire, a book that I have on my bookshelf and read um, read a couple of times, actually, many years ago. So really great books. I do find myself reading more than once. Uh, there, are only a, there is a small number over, overall percentage-wise that I'll go through and read cover to cover more than once, but there are a number. 1984 is one. William Manchester's A World Lit Only by Fire. Uh, there, there are others. Um, but anyway, Damien, thank you for the kind message. Uh, Mark writes in, oh, wow. Mark has a very long message here about the NFL, which I appreciate. Let me just give you some. I'll give you the gist of it, uh, Mark, and I'll respond to you here uh, on Facebook when I can. Always enjoy listening to you. Shields high. Thought you might like this. Uh, and then he says, when my president lied to me and claimed four of my uh, comrades were murdered because of a video insulting Muslims, I didn't take a knee. When my president shipped pallets of cash to my sworn enemy, I didn't take a knee. When my president failed to identify Muslims as uh, terrorists and Islam as an enemy of the state, I didn't take a knee. Uh, And Mark goes on for some length here with why he did not take a knee. And he finishes with, in all that time, I never disrespected our country, our armed forces and veterans or our nation. I remained vigilant and I got a new president, MAGA. I will always stand for the American flag. Well, Mark, shield time, my friend. Thank you very much 
for the um, message. Wow, I've, I mean, there's so many great messages on here. Uh, here, let me see if I can find some funny ones too. Um, you didn't. This is from Stanton. You didn't like Ben Affleck in Armageddon. I know it's cheesy, but I freaking love that movie. What do you think of Argo? Uh, I will tell you that I find Armageddon as completely absurd as it is. Uh, a very watchable movie. Uh, I can sit down at any point in Armageddon and just sort of jump into it and, and enjoy myself. And yeah, I guess Ben Affleck was was pretty good in Armageddon. I think it was a very easy and sympathetic role, but he did a pretty decent job. Argo, I think, is a wildly overrated movie. I think Argo is pretty boring. I don't think the story is that exciting. I, I think that Hollywood just liked it a lot because it's a movie that's where where Hollywood is like, Playing the hero in a sense, so I, I did not like Argo. I thought it was really, really uh, overrated. I like Zero Dark Thirty a lot more than Argo. Um, if that gives you a sense of uh, what I think about Ben Affleck movies, um, let's see what else we can get going on here. Uh, Ellen writes with all the support from the left for the overpaid NFL stars taking a knee during our national anthem. Does anyone remember all the backlash that Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow, pardon me, Tebow. It's like I'm a foreigner, like Belki Bertakamis, like let's do the dance of joy. Da, 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 da. I don't know if you remember Perfect Strangers, those of you listening, but Bronson Pinchot's finest work outside of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. Uh, but yeah, I said, Tim Tebow, do you know this Tim Tebow? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Tim Tebow received for taking a knee on the field to pray and to give thanks. As I recall... The left and the NFL made it clear he should keep his feelings and beliefs to himself. Hypocrisy again. Uh, Ellen, totally agree with you. Um, Brian writes, just listening, uh, just listen to your opening segment on the Monday show. This is from earlier this week. Uh, you are spot on with your commentary. Keep it up and God bless. Brian, thank you so much. I very much uh, appreciate the kind message. And um, here we go. Oh, we got somebody who wants who wants to bring the ruckus. Ali writes the following. Where do I begin? Turkish Kurds don't want a small piece of Turkey. They want the entire eastern half. But they have not formed themselves into any government that thrives because, oh, yes, they use terrorist tactics to suppress their own families, uh, children into that way of life, and uh, Turks who give them roads, foods, schools, and they burn and murder innocent Turkish teachers sent to teach them. Why? Because they need their people dumb so they will stay slaves to the cause that they brainwash them into. Kurds have representation in Turkish parliament. Oh, and they're the ones starting fist fistfights in parliament, jumping over tables. Watch the YouTubes. They are Turkish citizens, so just like we insist on immigrants learning English, they have to learn Turkish. But you did not mention that all Turks after 1983 had to stop wearing the Arab clothes and stop the Arabic tongue and look Western, or he says writes West, look West by law to become a new democratic republic with a Western civilization future per their own leader, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. They have not managed their terrorists. They harbor them. Uh, That's why, that's why, and he goes into more details. I'm going to truncate this a little bit. Finally, Buck, how can you really believe we owe them anything? Um, our American sons, daughters, fathers have been fighting off their terrorism that threatens us too and making their lives safe for them. Terrorism cannot be rewarded. Well, Ali, uh, you're talking a lot about Turkish Kurds. I'm talking about Kurds in northern Iraq. So I, I, I don't really – I'm not suggesting that Turkey should uh, should deal with a, a separation 
uh, of its own territorial integrity. But Turkey thinks that it gets to determine what happens in Iraq, which is imperialism, actually. That's, that's not the way this is supposed to work. If the Iraqis come, come up with an agreement where the Kurds can have their own state in the north of the country, that, that is not something that Turkey gets to just swoop in and say, we don't like that. If you believe that, then it also means the Russians get to sweep into Eastern, uh, to Eastern Europe when they don't like what's going on there, which, of course, they have done in the past and people have rightly condemned them for. Uh, if that is the case, then I think we can all agree that the Turks are in a position where they can determine what the future will be for any number of people uh, in the region. And I just think that's I think that's unfair. Um, OK, we got one or two more here. Um, Chad writes, I have to tell you, I thoroughly enjoy your history deep dive segments. Keep those coming. Although the bit you did about Iceland aborting, oh gosh, this is intense, aborting all Downs Baby several weeks ago, it was the most moving and clear-cut pro-life segment I've ever heard. If only we could all speak that way about the abortion topic, maybe things would change. Well, Chad, thank you very much, and I appreciate that you found that segment to be worthwhile and powerful. Worthwhile and powerful. Um, it, it came from uh, the heart. Let me get one more message here, and then I'm going to close out our uh, show here. Here, what do we have? Um, Gene Oh, here we go. Gene writes, hope you and Miss Molly have a pleasant day, and I look forward to hearing your show tonight. Gene, thank you so much. Miss Molly and I will have a pleasant evening uh, here in Las Vegas. We are looking forward to it. I'm going to be poolside drinking some tequila. Uh, Probably, uh, I'm not sure. If If they have Dolce Vita tequila, I'll probably be drinking that. They usually don't have that, though. I'll probably have to go with Avion, which I think... George Clooney was involved with, which makes me sad. But it was, it is good tequila, so I'll probably be drinking that shortly poolside. And with that, my friends, a honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to have had you with me here in the Freedom Hunt. Uh, I'm going to be uh, bouncing out in just a moment. Please do go to Buck Sexton with America Now on iTunes. Share the podcast with a friend. And also, uh, if you don't mind, uh, why don't you go to Team Buck, Team Buck Store. Go to BuckSexton.com slash store. Um, that's going to be it. Oh, I want to thank the folks here at KDWN, KDON in Las Vegas for hosting me. And until next time, Team Buck, which will be Monday, Shields High.